This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why you should think about learning something with a beginning, middle, and an end, and we'll ask the Know Yourself Better question of, do you second-guess yourself in conversation? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am in a closet right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, we rented a house outside of New York City, and we are there now. And so I'm in a closet that is full of clothes and pillows and blankets to create better sound. Elizabeth, you're you're watching me on a screen, so you see Mm -hmm. that I am jammed into this closet. Mm -hmm. And with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And, Gretch, I am once again in my office at home in Encino. Yes. Gretch, before we dive in, we want to remind everybody that our very special episode 290 is going to be an all-hack, very special yes. episode. So send us your hacks. This is going to be a happiness hack extravaganza. <laughs> I can't wait. Yes, we've gotten so many so far, and we want to keep them coming because nothing is better than a great hack. And before we jump in, I also wanted to mention again that my one-word theme for 2020 is infrastructure, and I have realized that I need more infrastructure, and I love doing the work that I do, and I need more help. I am planning to hire a growth strategy and operations executive to lead the business side of my work. So this person is like a thought partner, a second brain, knows everything I do and can help me think strategically about growth and execution. And this person would have the extensive experience that would allow them to identify, vet, and lead new opportunities for growth, grow and manage a team with a focus on budget, numbers, and metrics. If this sounds interesting to you and you have the appropriate experience, you can read the longer description and apply at GretchenRubin.com careers. Uh, 
it would be wonderful to find somebody right within this community, somebody who's already familiar with my work and connects to it in their own life. So if this sounds like a good fit for you, go to GretchenRubin.com slash careers. 2020, Gretch, you're actually living up to your theme. It's very <laughs> exciting. Yes, it is. I, it's, a, it's not the world's most juicy theme, but it's a very important <laughs> thing. And so now for this week's Try This at Home. The Try This at Home tip is to learn to do something with a beginning, a middle, and an end. I especially love this idea um, right now during this sort of formless, endless COVID time, <laughs> yeah. because learning something new is a pick-me-up always, but yeah. especially now, it's energizing. Um, I was thinking, Gretchen, when we were talking about this, that it's probably why people are learning to bake bread. It's yeah. like learning yes. something that you, you could investigate, you do it, and then you know how, and that's a pick-me-up. Well, and with a beginning, middle, and an end, you go from how do you get the yeast to activate to like, here's my delicious loaf of fresh baked bread. So it has that beginning, middle, and an end stage to it. So what I decided to do was to learn to play poker. Mm. I do not like games. I do not know how to play many games, but I read two excellent memoirs, one Colson Whitehead's The Noble Hustle and Maria Konnikova's The Biggest Bluff. I, I highly recommend both those memoirs, which are about playing poker. And a friend had told me that she has three young adult children, and when uh, during the Safer at Home, they were all home, and they played Texas Hold'em every night. That was like their family wow. activity. And that got me really excited to learn to play. And so I was like, I am going to learn to play poker, which seemed like this impossible dream. But I did learn to play poker. Mm, now, I will point out, Gretchen, with poker, you can learn to play, which is the end, but to be a good poker player, that would be a lifetime of learning. Yes. There will be a lifetime of learning. And I know I have only, like reading those memoirs, I've only scraped the surface of what it means to play poker. But I, like if somebody said, do you know how to play poker? Yeah. I would be like, yes, I know how to play Texas Hold'em. It's funny. I don't like games. And there's something about poker where, like Eleanor said, she doesn't like it because she feels like it's not a game. It's the prelude to a game. Mm -hmm. And I know exactly what she means. I was so stunned when I learned how to, I was like, this is it? Like, it's <laughs> like this round is over? I thought it went on for hours. I mean, obviously you can keep playing for hours and we only play with like four people, but it, it was not the impossible dream that I thought it was. I, I, I learned to play poker. Of course, you don't like the stress of games. And I will point out, the better you get at poker, the more stressful it is because yes. you, the stakes <laughs> sort of feel higher. Yes. So we'll see true. if you keep enjoying it. But at least you know how. At least I know. I feel like it's a life skill. It's like one of these things that's good to know. I feel like for Eliza and Eleanor, it's just like a good thing to do because it is the kind of thing where a bunch of people could be sitting around and if somebody says, oh, let's play poker, it's nice to just know, okay, I've played that before. How about you, Elizabeth? What have you learned to do with a beginning, a middle, and an end? Okay, well, one thing about learning something new is um, I think it is a way to feel in control yes. during this time Absolutely. where everything is so out of control, yes. especially if it's something worthwhile. I can't control the virus, but I can control this hand. Yeah, yes. So here is what I learned that had a beginning, middle, and end. And Gretch, I have to say... This is not an ad. This because uh, <laughs> what I'm about to say is I learned how to use ShipStation, who do advertise with us from time to time. Yes. But this is not an ad. Yes. But okay, you know I am not good with technology. I'm not good with learning new things and like reading directions and all of this. But Sarah and I and ha my co-host of Happier in Hollywood 
are once again selling our Happier in Hollywood travel cups, our rainbow silipine travel cups. Yeah, people love those cups. Yes, and we have them back. And because of COVID-19, we really didn't want to have to be going to the post office all the time. Well, and Sarah's in the middle of rural Minnesota, so it's definitely not convenient for her. So anyway, we have to send out our cups. And I actually went to ShipStation. I signed up. I learned, and this was the big one, how to print a shipping label on my home computer from my iPad, something I never, I know it sounds crazy, but never dreamed I could do. (laughs) Ordered all the appropriate shipping materials, figured out how much they weigh, all of that, and how to put in people's addresses. And I mean, it's not hard, but it's just something you have to like go through the process. And it's the kind of thing I normally go, oh, I can't do that. I don't want to deal with it. Forget it. Instead, I said, I'm going to sit here and figure this out. And now that I have, it's made my life so much easier. And now I love shipping things because it feels so satisfying to use my skills in shipping. (laughs) So anyway, that's something I learned. And I have to say, um, this reminds me of when we've talked about how when you're stressed, sometimes it's helpful to do more. The temptation is to lighten your load, but sometimes it actually can be better to add something. This is one of these counterintuitive things that surprises me in my own life over and over. But sometimes when you feel like I just need to throw things overboard to lighten my load, sometimes adding something actually gives us a feeling of freedom and energy. Adding something makes us feel like we have more ability and capacity. Well, I think especially if it's something you can actually accomplish. Yes. You know, I mean, it's like if you can learn to play poker, you feel like you can manage your insane work at home situation better. Yes. Yeah. You know, because something is being done. Yeah. It's the efficacy piece of it. Yeah. So let us know if you do try this at home and how learning to do something with a beginning, middle and an end worked for you. And what did you decide to learn to do? It would be fascinating to hear what people are tackling. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 288 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that's going to help me steer clear of chips. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team And hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Now, listen, this hack was sent in by a listener who mentions episode 216, but it also ties into just our more recent episode, 287, when we talked about steering clear of quicksand, and you mentioned that chips were a form of quicksand for you. Yes. Jan says, I'm a completist, so I'm not up to date with your podcast. I realize that life is very different now from when older episodes were recorded, but I wanted to write to you. Back in episode 216, Elizabeth was talking about her problem with chips, calling to her when she wanted a little something. (laughs) I've solved this problem by buying unsalted pistachios in their shells. I put a few in a special little bowl, then put the packet away before eating them. Having to shell them slows me down. By the time I've finished, the craving is gone, and I'm set for a few hours. In the UK, chips are known as crisps, so I call this my cure for crisps. Oh. Well, I should try this, Gretchen. My my problem with chips has come up a lot because it was in 216, but I think I also did mention it in 287. So I mean, that's the thing about quicksand. It's like it's it's there. It's yeah. lurking in the backyard. It is not moving around, it's not coming and going. It's the quicksand for you. Well, this is also a great example of the strategy of inconvenience. So in the in Better Than Before, my book about how to change habits, I talk about the 21 different strategies. And the strategy of inconvenience is make something inconvenient to do. And because of this, it slows her down and makes her have Mm. to do the work to get at the meat of the nut. But also, I think it gives you that kind of fidgety quality because sometimes Mm. it's just you're just up and restless and just wanting to stitch it with something. And so I think this is a really good idea. Also, you'd see all the shells and you'd be like, oh, I I see that I had quite a snack here. Yeah, That's the strategy (laughs) of monitoring, which is when you know how much you've had, you tend to do a better job of managing what you're doing. So I think this is a really clever, simple, healthful ideal. Yeah, I'm going to try this. Um, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm going to get some unsalted pistachios and I'll pick a bowl. She said she has her special little bowl. So I'll pick a special little bowl too. Kind of add a little ritual to it, like a little, yeah, that you never get to use. So thank you, Jan. That's a great suggestion. And this week, the spotlight on a Black author is novelist Britt Bennett. I just finished her New York Times bestselling novel, The Vanishing Half, which I just learned was bought recently in a big auction um, by HBO. And I am now hot in pursuit of her first novel, which was also a New York Times bestseller called The Mothers. Britt Bennett has written for The New Yorker, The New York Times Magazine, Paris Review, other places, And I have to say, I ripped through this novel. (laughs) Here is the description. 
The Bean twin sisters will always be identical, but after growing up together in a small southern black community and running away at age 16, it's not just the shape of their daily lives that is different as as adults. It's everything. Their families, their communities, their racial identities. Many years later, one sister lives with her black daughter in the same southern town that she once tried to escape. The other secretly passes for white, and her white husband knows nothing of her past. Still even separated by so many miles and just as many lies, the fates of the twins remain intertwined. What will happen in the next generation when their own daughter's storylines intersect. It's so Mm. page-turning. It's so good. So beautifully written. But here's the thing. If you pick up the U.S. edition, look carefully at the jacket, because I thought it was just an abstract design. But if you really look at it, you'll see that it's just this very clever picture of two women. So it's, it's a really interesting cover that works on two levels, and I always really like that. I can't wait to read this one. Yeah. So this has been my summer of Black authors, and I consider Labor Day as the end of the summer. But of course, I will still be reading many books by Black authors. If you want to see what I'm reading, each week I post a photo on social media of the books I finished that week. And once a month, I do a roundup blog post where I list all the books I've read with a brief comment about each one. One of my secrets of adulthood is don't finish a book I'm not enjoying. So if you see that a book appears, you know that I enjoyed it enough to finish it. As always, uh, please send me any and all reading suggestions. I do read many books because uh, (laughs) listeners and readers have suggested them. And if you would like to get a newsletter about the books that I've read, you can go to GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter and sign up for the book recommendation newsletter. So many books, so little time. My stack is towering right now. (laughs) You and me both. And now for a know yourself better question. And this question is, do you second guess yourself in conversation? And Alyssa, this was inspired by something you were thinking about yourself. Yes, it's it's really a second guessing, I would say, that happens after the conversation. <laughs> so it's you have a conversation, whether in your personal life or in your work life, and then you go home, and whether it's that night or in the middle of the night yeah. or early the next morning, you begin second-guessing certain things you said. And I think some people do this and some people don't. And people who do it, do it a lot, I think, a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that happens in life. Yes, yeah. Well, I'm a big second-guesser as well. And I was. it occurred to me that there's three kinds of ways that I second-guess myself and some more mm. than others. One is, what did I say? So just Mm -hmm. like, did I say something that I wish I hadn't said? Yeah. Two, how did I say it? And three is, what did I not say? And I feel like I worry more about two and three. You worry about your tone, like you said. You always say like that you speak abruptly, and so sometimes it comes out wrong. Yeah, I think sometimes like I'm just so eager to like push things ahead. Maybe this is an upholder thing in part, that I, I lose my courtesy. And maybe I speak over somebody or I rush mm. things along. And and I feel that later. I'm like, oh, that was, I, I shouldn't have handled that that way. And then the other thing is what I didn't say is I do think that sometimes in retrospect, I'll think someone was sort of opening the door to maybe like opening up about something or a difficult conversation. And I steered away from intimacy instead of really staying open to that. I, I moved the conversation onto safer ground. Mm. And I'm trying to be more mindful of when somebody is maybe approaching something that they're having trouble raising and really helping them then instead of being like, oh, no, this sounds like this might be painful or difficult to talk about. Why don't we talk about something else? But I only realize it later. 
Right. Well, that's good. I'm proud of you, Gretch, for seeking intimacy in your conversation. <laughs> so that's a very, that's a good thing. I feel like for me, and what I see in my life most is I'm always shocked how often people will text after a conversation and say, oh, I'm I hope you didn't take it wrong when I said you don't like to cook. Like, I didn't mean you can't cook if you wanted to. I'm sure you could. And I don't care at all right. that you said I can't yeah. cook. I think for me, it's like if I, let's say at a dinner party or something, I feel like, gosh, I said some things. I, I, I'm kind of wishing I hadn't framed it that way. I'm, you know, up in the middle of the night, replaying the conversation. Yes. Oh, yeah. What I usually do is like, I'll text the next morning and say, oh, it was so great to see you. Loved hanging out. Yeah. Let's do it again soon. Just to sort of take the temperature yes. and make sure everybody feels okay. Well, and I do that when I feel like I've been abrupt or, or rude mm. because it's more like lavish, good feelings on it. So yeah. it's like, you don't even notice that I had that moment because, oh, clearly like we were like, we're having such a happy fest. It feels like it makes things better. But back to the cooking thing, because I think a lot of people do that. Like you, and I've done that myself. Like you feel it and you're like, I cannot rest until I reach out to this person and express my feelings. And of course, it's sort of a double-edged sword because you're like, well, maybe they didn't even notice it. So I'm just shining a spotlight on a painful right. moment that they didn't even notice. But on the other hand, my conscience is bothering me. Do you think that there's a way to respond that is believable? Like I know you well enough to know that you don't care. If somebody says right. you don't cook, because you don't, I don't cook either. Like, and right. yeah. But how do you tell somebody that? So you told you do completely comfort them. I guess this is a problem of having the right thing to say. I always just say "ha ha," like I didn't even notice. Is yeah. what I usually say when someone texts me about something they wish they hadn't said. Very little bothers me that people say. So I, I really can't think of a time when someone has texted an apology and I was offended. It's always the case that I really wasn't offended. Well, that's good. But I think that that light touch is probably good because if you texted like four, five sentences, it would seem more insincere. Yeah. I mean, I just go, yeah, yeah. I'm always just like, ha ha. I didn't even notice. Even if maybe I did notice, but it didn't yeah. bother me. But just, right. you know, I think just it is nice to reassure people. Yes. We all, we've all been there. We've I all mean, done it. When we've, yes, we've all done it. We all need reassurance that we didn't totally offend someone in a conversation. Now, I will say in terms of work, yeah. I feel like it's most often I regret things I didn't say. Uh -huh. So I'll be like, oh, I had such a good answer to that question about the pitch. I should have said this or... Yeah. Oh, when we walked in, I wish I'd um, said something else to set up what we were about to talk about yeah. or, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. I think there's a French phrase for esprit de l'escalier, which is like the comment that occurs to you as you're walking out the door and, mm. you know, down the stairs. That's, yes. a, that's a feeling of regret, of kind of intellectual regret, but not emotional regret. Yeah. And I mean, there are times, though, when I do get emotional in work situations and that I regret when I kind of my inner insecurities come bubbling out <laughs> and I do regret that. But that is definitely not something I want to like text anyone about the next day. I just hope it flitters away. But one of the things that occurs to me about this question about do you second guess conversations is it's a very unpleasant feeling, but mm -hmm. it seems to me that it's a it's a good feeling in two ways. One is that negative emotions are often signs that something needs to change. And so if you're 
constantly feeling like you're putting your foot wrong with your friends and like you're saying things that could threaten a friendship and they're constantly reassuring you. Well, maybe that's like a sign you need therapy or something because clearly like you're maybe overly sensitized. Yeah, that goes to the stop apologizing. Yeah, People right. who just feel they need to apologize for breathing. Yes, right. So maybe that's like a sign that there's more work to be done, that this is a symptom of something bigger. Or if you're feeling guilty, like, oh, that was rude. Oh, I was rude again. You should fix that. Like, it looks yeah. like you've got a problem. Like, maybe you need to, like, you know, work on that. So these negative emotions can be helpful. But it also occurs to me, like with you, Elizabeth, you're in a very emotionally skillful person. Like you're really good at reading a room. You often can predict how people will respond or what they'll do when other people seem baffled. You just have a really high ability to pick up on things that I think other people like me are clueless about. And I think maybe like a very sensitive scientific instrument, you might pick up false positives because mm -hmm. subtle, you might pick up a subtle response from somebody or, or misread something that's happening to them in a way that an instrument can pick up things because it's just picking up too much. And so I think sometimes I wonder if that's kind of a downside of something that's actually a strength. It's sort of annoying, but it's part of something that really works for you generally, which is being highly attuned um, to other people and how they're thinking and behaving and responding in the moment. Well, I like that way, Gretch, of looking at my <laughs> habit of second-guessing conversations after they occur. So thank you. Um, this reminds me of something, Alyssa, that happened a couple of years ago. So years and years ago, someone sent me a very mean email. I don't even remember what. And so I wrote back a nice email. I try, always try to respond nicely, whatever. And then years pass, and this person emails me again and says, I don't know if you remember, but I wrote you this email about XYZ, and I've just felt bad about it ever since. And it's mm. really weighing on my conscience, and I'm really sorry, and like, here's the backstory of why I said what I did, and I just really want to apologize. And obviously, it made a big impression on me because this was a couple of years ago, and I still remember it, even though I don't remember what the underlying thing was mm. that was said. But I was like, I know that feeling of where it just nags at you. You're like, well, I really wish I had not said that, and I really want to get it off my conscience, and so I'm going to reach out to the person and try to make it right. That can be good, but then sometimes people become too paranoid and are over-apologizing yeah. and don't get that, like, in social life, we get things wrong. We say things that we shouldn't. I don't know. It's, it's a delicate balance. Yeah, it's hard. I wish I had the answer, but I, I do think that it's like part of the human condition is to lay awake at night and stare at the ceiling and replay every conversation <laughs> that you had the entire day. It is. It's human nature. <laughs> human nature. Well, it'll be interesting to hear from other people if you've experienced this and what you do about it. So let us know. Speaking of me not being able to cook, Gretch, coming up, we have demerits and gold stars, and I give myself a cooking-related demerit. But first, this break. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter <laughs> sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. 
Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for Demerits and Gold Stars, and this is an even-numbered episode, which means it's your turn to give the demerit. Yes. Okay, Gretchen, this is—I think I'd call it a pandemic-related demerit. Mm. So Adam and I took Jack to the doctor the other day for his annual checkup, Um, and the doctor, you know, he always questions Jack about this and that, and he asked about his nutrition— And it came out that Jack, since we've done Safer at Home, has not been eating nearly enough fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Um, And the doctor, it was like to the point in terms of his height and his weight um, and what Jack said that um, the doctor like actually wants us to come back in six months and check on this. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jack, when he asked, why aren't you eating vegetables? Jack was like, well, my parents don't cook. My parents can't cook. He goes, you know that show, The Worst Cook in America? My parents should be on that show because they would win. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, it's true. And, you know, Jack, normally we have a nanny for Jack, um, Cynthia, and she cooks him vegetables and gets Mm -hmm. him to eat vegetables. But because Adam and I don't cook, yes, we do try sometimes to get him vegetables. But I always just like take the easy way out. And I don't push it, and I should have been. So I've got to get Jack to eat more vegetables. So maybe we should meet this demerit with an open call for Mm. people sending in their easy, kid-friendly suggestions. Yes, that would be good. What do your kids love, and what is easy to make? Yes, or like, what do they like to eat raw? For instance, Jack will eat raw cauliflower. That's the easiest thing of all. Oh, yeah. Um, So other things, yes, whether it's recipes or anything, I want to hear. Excellent. Okay. Well, you'll you'll check in with us when you <sighs> check in with the when you check in with your pediatrician. Yes. Um, okay, Gretch. What's your gold star this week? 
I am giving a gold star to a podcast. Yes, folks, if you need a podcast to listen to, this is a good podcast, I think, for the whole family if people are interested in sort of business stories. Elizabeth, I think you would love this podcast because mm. you love a business story. Mm-hmm. Um, it is from The Ringer, which is a great network, called Boom Bust, The Rise and Fall of HQ Trivia. Now, this was a super popular live mobile trivia game where people competed on trivia for cash. You went on every day at a certain time to play, and it was just a gigantically popular thing in its time. Elizabeth, did you play this, didn't you? I did. Sarah and I played it all the time. Yeah, I mean— <laughs> We never won, but yeah. we played—I loved HQ Trivia. Yeah, well, it's it launched in 2017, and it died in 2020. And so this podcast explores the spectacular rise and fall, why it was so popular, popular. So if you love like a great business story or if you love HQ Trivia and want, wonder what happened to it, um, I really highly recommend it. It's eight episodes, which I think is like a great length because it feels very, speaking of a project with a beginning, middle, and an end, mm, it's not like yes. Desert Island Disc Podcast, yeah. which there's benefits to that. This is like you can get in and get out. Okay. I'm going to subscribe to this immediately yeah. because this is right up my alley. It is right up your alley. And then the resources for this week, uh, in my book, Happier at Home, I discuss my uh, my happiness project that stretched from September to May, which is another kind of year. And so if you'd like to listen to an excerpt from the audiobook, go to GretchenRubin.com slash resources and scroll to Happier at Home, and you can listen to a section free and see what you think. And Due to popular demand from listeners, I have created a page on my website that has all the promo codes and links for Happier Podcast sponsors. So if you want more information about an advertiser and promo codes, or like you can't remember the name of a particular advertiser, go to happiercast.com slash sponsors, or you can always check the show notes for the episode. It'll be at the bottom there too. We love our sponsors. Yes, we do. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Learn something with a beginning, middle, and an end. Let us know if you tried it and what you learned and if it made you happier. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you want a little tiny thing that you can learn to do, you can learn how to rate and review us Mm -hmm. on however you listen to your podcast. It really helps people to discover the show and recommend us to your friend and subscribe. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretch, you don't cook either. What do you do about getting um, the girls to eat vegetables? Jamie loves to cook vegetables. So (laughs) that's my solution. Let Jamie do it. (laughs) (laughs) From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth... I'm talking deep. 
Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.